just to get down I don't know if I can get them, but I got them right The developing stars, whoa Wrecked by the stars, though But they know just who they are The knowledge is deep, man Cause college is bleak, man Knees are the bees, man Deffy happy hour now I trust them with everything Every confidence giving me confidence Hipping this hopping, no really no stopping I'll make you a champion, y'all put a sock in it uh, But this is life, bro They're at it all night, though So you can just drive slow And get down with the Deffy crew Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you are listening, wherever you are listening. This is episode 85 of the Devi Happy Hour. It is Friday the 21st of January, of course, and we are back. My name is Skip Newton, at SkipNewton31 on Twitter, from North Carolina. My co-host, Matthew Jackson, I call him Obi-Wan. How are you, man? I'm doing good, man. It feels so good to hear you say that again. First podcast of the new year. We were just talking about it off stream, off air. It feels good to finally back. Our lives have just been so crazy and I feel like we make that excuse all the time and like for me like I'm just getting back to school of course we got the campus visit pod and just every every other pod that I've been guesting on here recently so life is just super crazy but I'm glad to be back on with you Um, life is going good I just started the new um, Star Wars series on Disney plus um, I don't know if you've yes. seen that yet. I can't. I couldn't wait to talk to you about that because I, I, I knew I knew you were going to be watching that. So that was the first thing I was ready to bring up with you. Well, and here's the amazing thing: we just watched the first episode of the Book of Boba like a few days ago. So if we'd have done this podcast a week ago, I would have had to have hung my head in shame and say I haven't started it yet. We <laughs> we were trying to catch up on other stuff because we finished the uh, the Marvel series, you know the the um okay why okay yes Hawkeye, so we, we was pretty f- good I, I like Hawkeye. We, yeah i liked it a lot we wanted to finish that but then i i mean the whole time i'm like i want to start star wars i want to start star wars so yeah very excited i mean it's been so long dude i i nearly forgot to do the from north carolina intro <laughs> i was like oh man if dude, i forgot that. i might have wept a little bit on the inside and a little on the outside if you forgot to do that north carolina intro <laughs> I think I forgot it one time back when when Shaq was on with us. You totally called me out on it or something about it. Yeah, I remember that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's let's you know before we get into this, quickly remind people. I know you're super busy with with all the other stuff, but you know, tell people about the Patreon, the the free chat people can get into, and anything else you got going. Yeah, for sure. So you guys can find me on Twitter at Debbie Matt. I just recently, um, the chat that Skip is talking about, I opened up my Patreon chat. We're on Discord now. It's a free chat that all of you guys can get into. Um, the permanent Patreon or the Discord link is pinned to my Twitter, uh, on my Twitter page. So go check that out. Get in there. Um, you will never open up that page and not have somebody that has said something in there. So it's pretty awesome. There's a bunch of group group of guys in there always talking. Um, you can find my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Debbie database. I think in the last two weeks I've uploaded um, two 
new um, podcast. I've done two player breakdowns. I did the free Jackson Smith and Jigba that I posted on Twitter. And then I've just recently added somebody, a partner, uh, Matt Cooper, uh, to my Patreon who has helped me publish seven new film breakdowns on the Patreon. So if you thought about getting in there, now is a great time to do it. There's new content rolling in there just literally every day. I mean, it, it, it's really popping in there. So if you thought about it, but not really sure if it's worth the money, um, it, I'm telling you, there's a lot of really good stuff going on over there. Excellent. I love it. Yeah, I love the chat. It's it's good stuff. It's a great group of people on there. And for those that don't remember, I am the co-host of The Devi Show, which is a weekly podcast on the Sports Illustrated NFL Draft Bible Podcast Network. And I also am one of the Debbie writers for SI.com slash NFL slash draft. Today's topic is going to be a two-round Devi mock. But before we get into that, just the, the most recent piece of news, in case you hadn't heard, wide receiver Jermaine Burton of the national champion George Bulldogs has entered the transfer portal. So it's just really all the news right now is, is about the transfer portal. Now that the declaration deadline for the NFL is come and gone, what do you think about Burton leaving Georgia? It, it's not the, the best passing offense, so this potentially could be a good thing maybe? It's a really good thing um, for Brock Bowers, um, for sure. I mean, you already look at what he did with that offense when, you know, there was him and Jermaine Burton and a few other guys. Now he's the lone guy, so that's going to rise his stock even more than it already is, and he's going to be the guy we talk about a little bit later. Um, Jermaine Burton, um, I think I was talking to somebody on the uh, on the Discord chat um, earlier this week, and he said that Oregon was being thrown around a lot. Um, I researched Jermaine Burton, and from the looks of it, it looks like Jermaine Burton – and JT Daniels are going to be coming as a package deal wherever they land up at. Uh, wherever they land at, those two are, have openly said that they're a package deal. So the, the trick with Jermaine Burton is he's going to have to go to a team that, is not have a, that doesn't have a steady quarterback right now. Um, Oregon has got Bo Nix, which, you know, if you want to argue he's a steady quarterback or not, I mean, that's, that's an argument that you can make. But he's still, he's still transferred there. So I don't think Oregon's the spot. Um, I thought about it before we came on the show. I think Ole Miss would be pretty interesting. They just got Zach Evans to transfer there. JT Daniels could go there. They they they're losing a quarterback in Matt Corral. They need a they need a primary wide receiver. Jermaine Burton could go there and thrive pretty easily in that Lane Kiffin offense. I think Ole Miss could be a really interesting spot for the pair of them. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know what you think about that. I think they'd look good in in Minnesota, maroon and gold. I mean, we we take them, but yeah. I mean, God knows y'all need a quarterback. Yes, yes, we definitely do. Um, I mean, Tanner Morgan's coming back for yet another season, but I just assume isn't uh, he like thirty-five? Oh, it feels that like that. It, it feels like it's been a long amount of time, but you know, whatever. We'll we'll just keep keep winning bowl games. You know, winning our eight nine games a speaking, season. Speaking of transfer portal too, y'all just lost Kai Thomas. Did I see that? Didn't y'all didn't? Yes, you are correct, and <laughs> not not a surprise. I mean, with with all of the running backs you know, that got hurt last year, we, we were able to feature a bunch of different guys and Kai Thomas was one of them. Well, you know, Muhammad Ibrahim is coming back and you've got him and you've got a few other guys. It's like, I mean, it's, it's a crowded backfield. So I'm not surprised that, it, you know, at least one of those guys. Well, didn't he, 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 he was one of those ones that I was really high on and then didn't do anything. And then like, I got super low on him and this season he popped and I was like, Oh, okay, there it was. That's why I was kind of high on him. And then he transfers. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested yeah, to see where he, he goes. He, he looked pretty good. I don't know if I don't know if he's got you know NFL in his future, but he definitely looked good as a college running back. So into the into the topic, the two round Devi mock, and we're gonna approach this from a super flex tight end premium point of view. And 
you know, just as we get into the guys that we're picking, and we just went every other pick, and, and Matt's going to start us off. But, you know, it's it's a couple different trains of thought. Either A, you know, who's the best prospect to, to get to my NFL roster, or B, who whose value is is high enough where even if maybe you're not as high on the guy, you still got to take him because it's just too good a value to pass up and you can maybe move him for a different piece. So, you know, something to keep in mind and we'll point out, you know, where that's at. Which but one's which? Matt, <laughs> super flex, start us off, buddy. So super flex or non-super flex, the uh, 101 in every Debbie draft is not going to be a quarterback. Um, and that's pretty consensus across the board. Um, my 101, it's pretty easy. Um, it's B. John Robinson, the running back out of Texas. Um, I don't know how much more you need to say about B. John Robinson. I mean, he can run the ball well. He's a powerful runner. He's fast. He's elusive in open space. He can catch the ball. He He's he's an elite three-down back that, that possesses rare a rare blend of explosiveness, power, size. I mean, he's he, he could walk into the NFL draft, get drafted by a team today, He's a sophomore. Um, he just finished his sophomore season. Go to an NFL roster, and I'm convinced he would be a top five back in the NFL if he were to be on an NFL draft team, NFL team today. I mean that that's what you're looking at with B. John Robinson. I mean, I, I don't like to use the term you know can't miss prospect because nobody's a can't miss prospect. But B. John Robinson is about as darn near close to a can't miss prospect as you're going to get in this draft. He's the 101. Um, there's no messing around that. And now with the addition of Quinn Ewers, you've got Xavier uh, Xavier Worthy. Um, you've got Jaleel Billingsley, who just ended up transferring there, who I'm super excited about. Hopefully he can regain some of that value that I was excited about um, coming into the season last year that he lost at Alabama. So, I mean, that team's going to be super good, and it's going to be spearheaded by B. John Robinson. Yeah, there, there's really nothing more to say. I was going to say he he's a top five back right now. I mean, like literally, that's where I would rank him, and and there's there's really nothing more to say. He is a he is a stud, and he's the number one pick. My first pick, the the pick number two in the first round, Jameer Gibbs, just recently transferring from Georgia Tech to Alabama. I was already super high on him. He's twenty twenty three eligible, and I just I love his game. I think he's got maybe the best all around game. You know, as as far as being able to catch the ball out of the backfield and run different routes. And also be able to carry the workload. I mean, he he's definitely a three down back. You know, I think I think he's the closest thing you're going to find to an Alvin Kamara in in this list. And I just I just can't pass that up. You know, assuming a, a PPR league. But even then, I, I'm I'm high on Gibbs. I love him. I just did something that you've been arguing me to do for a long time now, Skip, and that's put that's put Jameer Gibbs as my running back two in the 2023 class. Um, Jameer Gibbs is. The most elusive back in open space. He's the best cat pass catcher in this class. And I did it not because I per se like Jameer Gibbs more than a guy that we will talk about later that I will not name because we are way too early in the show to talk about him. Um, I'm going to save that for a little bit later. Um, but it's not because of any of that. It's because of the team that he's going to. He just transferred to Alabama. When I watched that Alabama versus Cincinnati game, when Brian Robinson ran for 198 yards, almost eight yards per carry, I just kept sitting there thinking, you know, if that's Jameer Gibbs behind that offensive line, he's running for close to 300. He's catching another 50 or 60. Like, what what does Jameer Gibbs do in that offense? Like, it's going to be horrifically scary for other teams to try and put up with the Heisman Trophy winner, Bryce Young, the, the receivers that he's going to have coming back, and Jameer Gibbs. I mean... That team is 
already good and it's it's only going to get better. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely, you know, wheels up, taken off for Gibbs. His value is going to even get better. And same with Bijan, right? The value is only going to get get higher and higher as we get closer to that draft a year from now. You have the next pick, pick number three. Are we continuing with running backs? We are continuing with running backs, and it's it's wild, right? I mean, we're, we're, we're talking a super flex Debbie draft, and the first three picks we're not taking a quarterback. And that – I don't know if that says more about how good the running backs are in, in the next two years or just how horrific the quarterback landscape is in Debbie right now. I think it might be a little bit of both. Um, but my, my pick three is Travion Henderson from The Ohio State University. Um, another guy that is just built, has the NFL size today to go and play running back in the NFL. Um, when you looked at him play in college this last year as a true freshman, I mean, it, he was good for at least one or two times during the course of a game to bust off a 70- or 80-yard run. I mean, just electric playmaker. He's he's a great pass catcher. His, I think his comp in 247 when he came into, the, came into his freshman season was CMC. Um, and I know that those comps aren't thrown around, you know, all, all that often and you can see a little bit of that in his game he's a powerful runner he, he's he's my running back too um in Devi right now um that's not any knock towards Jameer Gibbs I think Jameer Gibbs is like right there I think Travion Henderson and B. John Robinson are just just a knack above just based on just purely running the football what they do running the football um and that's why I have Travion Henderson ranked where I do um and that's why I took him at three yeah, that's that's a, a pretty easy pick. I mean, he he absolutely just exploded onto the scene. He looks so good, and he looked so good really from the first time he touched the football. And I think you hit on the point that, that I love, and I love this feature in running backs. He's literally a threat to take it to the house every time he touches the ball. It just You're just waiting for that big play. And so you know, there's really nothing more to say. I mean, the guy is just, just phenomenal. With the fourth pick... I am going to finally go with a quarterback. You already mentioned his name. It's Bryce Young, Heisman Trophy winner in Alabama. He's eligible in 2023. So I'm gambling that because he's at Alabama and he's you know obviously getting very well coached, he's got a lot of talent around him, that he's going to maintain that value or even maybe get more value, and he'll be a really highly drafted quarterback in the 2023 draft. So... I'm, I'm gambling he's going to be the first quarterback off the board, which immediately makes him a, a super high value in a super flex draft, you know, in, in a rookie, you know, non Debbie league, probably the 101. And you can't say that right now this year about this year's draft. You don't know who the 101 in a rookie draft is because we're still not sure about the quarterbacks because they're none of them are are that surefire lock. I think Bryce Young is as close as it gets. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's he's the QB one in Debbie right now. I mean, Heisman winner. Alabama players get drafted, and I think he's going to get great draft stock. I mean, what what I like the most about Bryce Young is late into the season, you know, you're looking for that one player to step up and have that Heisman moment. And when you look at Bryce Young driving his team down the field um, to tie the ball, the ball game late in the fourth quarter, ends up taking the game into what was it, seven overtimes, Um six or seven overtimes. I forget who they were playing, but I mean, just that Heisman moment, never give up. I mean, just ice in his veins type mentality. I mean, cool, calm, collected. I mean, that's what Bryce Young is. And what we really didn't see from Bryce Young this season that people forget that he can do is, I mean, this kid is electric with the ball in his hands. I mean, he can run the football and he didn't really need to do that. I mean, he showcased his arm talent this year. I mean, which just adds a whole other dimension to his ball game that 
we, I mean, we knew about, but he, he came in as a dual threat. He came in as somebody that could throw off platform, throw on the run. And he showed some pocket presence this year, which is why he's even more the QB1 in, in Debbie right now. Yeah, like like our friend Brandon Lejeune says, intangibles matter. And for quarterbacks, you want to see, do they have the it factor? Do they just, that ability to, to make plays when it really matters most? And he's shown that, you know, even in his first year as a starter, he's got it. And now he's coming back. And yeah, they, they lost the national championship game. But, you know, right after the game in, in the in the press conference, his coach, you know, right there is is showing public support for, you know, these guys are it. And, you know, you don't base them on this one thing. And to know that he has that kind of, of coaching, I think helps because he's, he's only going to mature and get better. And you know what I like too? His first season coming in as a freshman, five-star prospect, number one quarterback in his class, number one player. And you look at it, and he's sitting behind Mac Jones. Mac Jones comes in, and he comes in, and he has a great season. He comes in and gets drafted in the first round. Has a better season than a lot of people were expecting him to. But he waits his turn, right? He doesn't transfer like most of your high-profile five-stars would. He waits his turn, he bides his time, and he's patient. And that's not what a lot of quarterbacks right now would do. I mean, just talking about those intangibles that you like to see out of quarterbacks. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so that's first four picks, three running backs, and the first quarterback off the board at four. Matt, who do you have at five? <laughs> at five, this is where it gets a little tricky because I go back and forth between these two players. You know, we, we listed it on the sheet, and there's a teardrop after these two players, and you go back and forth between these two all the time, and I think that's fair. Um, both of these guys wide receivers, but I took the wide receiver that we saw more of out of this season because he ended up playing and didn't get injured. Um, and that was Ohio State's wide receiver, Jackson Smith and Jigba. He came into the season as the third wide receiver on that depth chart and finished this season not as the third wide receiver on that depth chart, as the first. He, it, it, I mean, Caught over 300 yards twice in the season. Finished the Rose Bowl going 347, three touchdowns. He sets records for most yardage in a bowl game, most catches in a bowl game. He tied most touchdown receptions in a bowl game with Marvin Harrison um, in that game as well. I mean, he finished with most receptions, most yardage in Ohio State history on his team. I mean, this dude is just an electric playmaker. Um, when it looked, when you look at statistics, you know, you, you like to see – I've kind of adapted my style a little bit, how I watch film and, and analyze players. And I've kind of shifted to kind of watch film, but I look more at analytics as well. Um, 26% weighted dominator, 2.82 yards per team pass attempt, which is over the two yards per team pass attempt threshold that you like to see. 25.64 of his team's receptions um, on, on in Ohio State this year. Um, all those numbers are courtesy of Michael um, over at the Devi uh, Marketplace um patreon and um discord but i mean you you look at this i mean this dude is just everything you want out of receiver he's agile he breaks off his routes well he's quick he's elusive i mean this dude has phenomenal body control we saw it last year with that touchdown catch his freshman year in the back of the end zone i mean this the sky's the limit for this guy and i mean i you're you're looking you're looking at a guy who he had to compete with targets with chris olave and garrett wilson who are both going to get drafted in the first round this year He's coming into a season next year where he's going to be the guy. I mean, is there any way that we could possibly see him catch maybe seventeen or eighteen hundred yards and even more touchdowns? I mean, I don't think that's I don't think that's out of reach for this kid's this kid's playmaking ability. I mean, 
I, I know it's scary to say, but I think we're just scratching the surface of Jackson Smith and Jigba. I mean, I'm talking about a future Bolitnikoff award winner when I talk about Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah, it'll depend on how much Ohio State, you know, spreads the ball around because obviously they, they, they're not rebuilding, they're reloading. They always have four- and five-star recruits coming in at wide receiver. But, you know, the key thing with Smith and Jigba, besides the, the film that, that made us love him, you know, before this breakout season, was he, he put up all these numbers, like you said, with Olave and Wilson. And if you take out the, the record-setting, you know, Rose Bowl game, he still led the team in receptions and yards. I mean, he was that good, and that says a lot. And I think it also tells us, you know, as Debbie managers, that you can't be down on a prospect after his, his true freshman season. You know, there, there's still things to, to factor in there. Like, if you really like a guy, you know, his high school film, and you've got him highly rated, and he comes out his freshman year and does next to nothing, you know, Ask yourself why, you know, what, what caused that in this case, I mean, he was behind, you know, three awesome wide receivers and, and couldn't get on the field. And it, and there was a logical reason for that. I mean, they didn't need him to get on the field, but he still got on and made that spectacular touchdown that you talked about. And I heard, I want to say it was Austin from, from Debbie debate or campus to Canton say he doesn't need much from wide receivers, their, their freshman season, but it was like one touchdown, one five catch game or maybe one 100 yard yeah, game just just something yeah just something right and and if that's enough to say okay he showed me something especially in this case so when you're talking about you know guys looking for next season that haven't you know freshmen that didn't flash this year it you know, didn't flash like you know one of the guys we're going to talk about you know in a, in a few picks look for that scenario and that's why I look right at this team it's like well you've got you know Marvin Harrison Jr who <laughs> already looked good in the Rose Bowl and Emeka Igbuga who you know didn't didn't flash as much in the Rose Bowl but he but he caught some passes he's been returning kicks all season it's like the the guy's got skills so i think you know it, it's a great pick you know to get back to JSN here you know i you left me with an easy one at 6 it's like well you're either going to take JSN or you're going to take Keishan Butte they're they're 1A and 1A you take, it's like you take the other one <laughs> Right. It's it, like, it was the easiest thing. I'm just sitting there like, who's he going to take at five? I was like, well, I don't care. I know who I'm taking because he's going to take one or the other. And I, I noted it, you know, Butte is, is awesome. I mean, he, he looks like just a can't, you know, as close to a can't miss prospect when he gets to the NFL, uh, you know, both guys eligible in 2023. I noted after that pick, that Keishan Butte pick at six, that's the teardrop for me. Because after that, I'm like, Ooh, my next pick is going to be a little bit harder to make. And you know, both these wide receivers, they're just, they're just true studs. If you, if you already have them on your, on your Debbie roster for existing leads, good for you. Cause you got great value and you got a great, great future player. But if you're in a startup, they're going to go top six. And you know, if you're sitting there at seven, this is, you know, maybe you try to try to get up in, into that top six to get one of these guys and you, you wouldn't be disappointed. So that's who I grabbed at six. Boutte was, was an easy pick for me. If, you can either talk about Boutte or tell me about pick seven. I think I think it's it's something there's something to be said where Keishon Boutte is still his team's leading wide receiver, and he went out with injury in week six, and he still finished the season as the team's <laughs> right. leading receiver. I mean, 
that that shows how dynamic Keishon Butte was. I mean, there's there's a clear teardrop. After six, there's not any other players that make me as excited as those first six do. And that's wild because I know who I'm about to talk about at number seven. Um, so it, it's at number seven, I picked, um, obviously, um, Chartavis, Ch- Tank, Bigsby. Um, and I noted here, I noted here, I know it's wild. Um, this, this pick for me felt more like an on-brand pick than a, I would actually take him here pick. Um, in a super flex, I feel like I would take the guy that you took next. Um, or the guy that maybe went at nine before I take Tank Bigsby here. Um, and there's a reason for that. Um, Tank Bigsby, when you look at his season, he didn't have the, the most spectacular season. Um, I think a lot of that can be attributed to how god-awful Bo Nix is. Um, just a terrible quarterback, not an NFL quarterback. He's going to be a fantasy quarterback for Oregon, and that's all he's ever going to be. I mean, if you have him on your roster and he does anything in college and you can sell him for anything, you do that just about yeah. as soon as you can. Um, I didn't like the, the the way the coaching was really ran for Auburn either. He split he split carries with Jarquez Hunter a lot. Um, but the problem that I had is when he split carries with Jarquez Hunter, I don't know how much Auburn games you watched, but Jarquez Hunter looked like a much better running back than Tank Bigsby did at times. Much more powerful, much more elusive. I mean, it was it was scary to watch sometimes. Um, I think a lot of that could have just been sophomore slump. I'm hoping a lot of it was sophomore slump and he bounces back and becomes the running back that I know he can be. Because we saw what he did this freshman season. I know the film that I watched coming into his freshman season. And I know the type of running back he can be. Um, So there is a teardrop after six. I still think, I mean, for the running back that you can get with Tank Bigsby, I mean, running back values are at a premium. you got to get a top-tier running back. And Tank Bigsby is still going to be a top-tier running back. He just doesn't make me nearly as excited um, after the mess that was Auburn last year. Yeah, for for the record, I would I would have picked him here too. So you know, I have him you know seven on my list. It's amazing how our picks are following my rankings almost exactly. And I'll point out where where they maybe go off a little bit, but but you know, it was almost to the point where I, I knew exactly who you were going to pick as we were going forward because it was the next guy I was thinking about. But I think his. His running style and, and the traits that, that made us love him a year ago and before his freshman season are still there. And the fact that Hunter is is so good just means he's not gonna get you know as many opportunities. And I'm okay with that. I like I've said this before, I'm fine with my Debbie running back being a 50-50 split. It just means less wear and tear. I have no doubts that Tank Bigsby can carry a workload, you know, can he can be a 15 to 20 touch guy in the NFL. I mean, just based on his, his size, his athleticism, his, his power, you know, his, his the ability to break tackles. So I'm, I'm fine with that. And I think he's going to be, he's going to be really good. So I like the pick at seven of, of tank for sure. I picked another quarterback at eight, Caleb Williams, great freshman season. And then he transfers out to USC following his coach, so, you know, looked really good at Oklahoma, you know, stuck Rattler on the bench, and we never heard from him again. And I, even though he's not eligible until 2024, I think, again, this guy has the potential to be that that top pick, and it sounds like that's his focus. Like, he really wants to be the best possible NFL quarterback, and I think that's why he, he you know, followed the coach. So, for me, this was, this was pretty easy. I just, I, I like his game. You know, the the next guy you're going to talk about 
that's a you could probably you know throw these guys up in the air and, and take either one. Um, but I'm I'm willing to wait the extra year on Caleb Williams because I like him that much. Yeah, I think for me the why at nine I took C.J. Stroud. One, you're getting an extra year on him. You're getting him a year early. Um, for C.J. Stroud, I mean, he just did a lot of stuff. Um, he cleaned up a lot of his game the later on the season went. Early on in the season, he was inaccurate. He was um, not. He was throwing high on receivers, throwing behind receivers. Just wasn't. He was filling up a stat sheet. He wasn't doing things on the game film that you'd like to see him do. And he cleaned up a lot of that um, later on in the season en route to a Heisman nomination. Um, and I, I, I like C.J. Stroud. I mean, he, he's bringing back all – he's bringing back just – you know, you've already said he's reloading. Bringing back a ton of weapons next year. C.J. Stroud is going to put up another great round of stats. Um, this is a weak, weak QB landscape right now. I mean, you've got three guys right now um, at the quarterback position that I'm comfortable with, and then it gets ugly in a hurry. I'm taking the last good quarterback that I can in round one um, in, a, in a super flex draft. And if you can't get one of these top three guys, I mean, I know Austin at, at, at Debbie debate put out, you know, the, the zero QB model last year. I mean, I, I find myself slipping a lot more into that this year. I just, if I can't get one of those guys, I'm not drafting a quarterback until late. Cause I mean, it just, it's so, so ugly. Yeah, I, I agree completely on that. I mean, I, you know, I've been pretty adamant about, you know, focus mostly in, in Debbie on, on running backs and wide receivers. And here I am, you know, two out of my first four picks, you know, two of the top eight are, are quarterbacks. But, you know, you still got to you got to take the, the best talent that's there. But, yeah, C.J. Stroud, you know, at, at nine is, is a is a great pick. I mean, he he held off two very talented, highly recruited, highly ranked, you know, prospects on Ohio State forces, you know, Quinn Ewers to, to transfer and he just absolutely grabbed that job and wasn't going to let it go. And that says a lot. And I think, like like you pointed out, the key part there is he started off, he was he was winning games, he was filling stat sheets, but there were quite a few plays where you're like, man, he's got to be better. Well, he got better. And the more he played, the, the better he got. And so that's really encouraging. And if he, and if he picks up, you know, where he left off, instead of him being the, the dark horse Heisman candidate, he could be one of the favorites, right? I mean, he he's probably going to be a favorite next year. Yeah, you know, not, we know not, that offense is going to be awesome. I'm not allowed to make that call again going into next year. He's that's not that's not going to be my hot take going into next year again. <laughs> that was awesome, man. He he was there. If it wasn't for for the way Bryce Young finished, I, think, I, almost, I, think he, I almost won that. That that was going to be sick. <laughs> yep, abs, absolutely. So you know, like the Stroud pick at nine. I'm making another another tough one, but I'm sticking to my board. I'm going with running back Zach Evans, another running back eligible in 2023. We've talked about him before. He's got some, you know, press about things that aren't on the field, which is concerning. But like I've said, you know, it's it's nothing major. There's no red flags. They're more like, you know, yellow flags. You know, if you can go with the soccer reference, he's you know maybe getting the the yellow caution card. But the talent is undeniable. I mean, he he is a great running back prospect. And when he's on the field, the, the dude makes things happen. And so I'm willing to take that gamble, you know, here with, with the 10th pick. Uh, transferred, and he went to Ole Miss, right? Yeah, he went to yep. Ole Miss. So, yeah. yeah, so he's at Ole Miss. And like you said, maybe, maybe they'll get, you know, a new quarterback and a wide receiver. Who knows how that's going to come together. But I, I like – 
I like that a lot. And, you know, he's, he's sticking with a, you know, obviously he's going to, in the SEC, tough competition, which is important. So big upgrade there in the in the level of competition. And I just, he's, he's too talented for me to pass up. Well, the thing about Zach Evans is when he's, he's got off the field yellow cards, as you like to say, but when he's on the field, he's one of the best backs in the entire country. I mean, you're talking about a guy that when he, when he is on it and he's playing, I mean, yeah, we, you picked him at 10. If he, if he's playing and he's doing what we know he can do, I mean, there's no reason this guy's not a top four pick, top five pick. I mean, you talk, you talk about value. I mean, Zach Evans has the value to be a top five pick, and you're getting him late in the first round. I mean, there's nothing more you can really want uh, out of a player like that. Yeah, and, and the hope here, too, is that he comes in and he, he starts looking great right away, and now I've got options. I can I can maybe look to move him while his value is is on the upswing, or I can just hold on to him and say, okay, I'm, I'm going to get a good running back for the 2023 draft. All right, number 11, who do you have? So number 11, um, I took Jordan Addison out of Pittsburgh. Um, I chose to take Jordan Addison because I thought the guy that I wanted was going to be there at my next pick. Um, I didn't realize that you were going to be an asshole. Um <laughs> So I picked Jordan Addison, and it came back to bite me in the butt. But Jordan Addison is still a phenomenal player. Um, slot receiver, but that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? I mean, Mr. Blitnikoff won the Blitnikoff Award. Um, guy, guy that can catch the ball and, you know, score anytime that you want it. You want him to. I mean, not just a slot guy, though. He played really well outside, tracks the ball well over his outside shoulder, um, is pretty physical at the catch point, has got the speed that you like, I mean, and just lit it up with Kenny Pickett this year. Now he's got Keaton Slovis that's transferring there, and hopefully he can help revive some of Keaton Slovis's career a little bit. But Jordan Addison is just another guy that just gets overlooked a little bit. I mean, he, he's a guy. I picked him at number 11. Um, I there's a realistic chance that you could probably get him in the second round, top of the second, comparatively in a lot of your drafts, just because, I mean, people know about him, but they're just like, yeah, like he just, he doesn't have the namesake that he should, even though he just won the Bolitnikoff award. Like it, it makes not it, sexy. It makes yeah. zero sense. I don't understand. That. Yep. I, I know, I know exactly what you're saying and you, you are 100% right. I could totally see him falling. Cause he's just, he's just not sexy. He's playing in Pittsburgh and you know, it, for some reason, people are going to, I think, downplay a little bit of that. So, yeah, I, he's a great pick. And, and you know, the guy I'm taking after him is another great pick, the guy that I knew you wanted. I was surprised you didn't grab him at 11. And that's freshman from Texas, Xavier Worthy, wide receiver, you know, eligible in 2024, and just had an awesome first season in college. 63 catches, 998 yards with 12 touchdowns. And this guy is explosive and a big play waiting to happen. Legit speed. He's he's fantastic. He's got good yards after the catch. And yeah, you're I again I'm willing to wait another year, especially because I don't think his value is gonna go anywhere. Now he's got Quinn Ewers throwing him the ball. So I mean, it's it's his his you know, value up. Let's his, go. His value is only going to go up. I mean, you're talking a guy that's at 12. He'll be he'll be a top half of the first round next year. Um, he was a guy that I loved. He was my favorite player um, outside of probably Donovan Edwards coming into coming into the freshman year this year. I mean, I loved Xavier Worthy was my wide receiver guy this year. So I I love that pick. You know how much I loved him coming into the season. I loved I loved watching him explode this year. So oh oh yeah, you were all over him. All right, so really quick uh, first round: Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, Travion Henderson, and Bryce Young. Then JSN, Kayshawn Butte, Tank Bigsby, and Caleb Williams at eight. 
CJ Stroud at nine, Zach Evans, Jordan Addison, and Xavier Worthy finishing round one. Let's go to round two with you, Matt. So round two, I got Josh Downs from UNC. Got to watch a lot of him just because of where I live. And what you like about Josh Downs, he, he's got the speed to beat you over the top. And he's also really, really good at body control, um, catching the ball uh, well, being able to contort his body to make difficult catches, diving in the end zone type catches. Um, what I really like about Josh Downs is his usage, just how reliable he is. I mean, I don't know how much you know about prize picks, Skip. I played a lot about a lot of that this year. I mean, Josh Downs' reception over, under, and prize picks every single week was eight and a half catches. And he he hit the over on eight and a half catches dang near every single week. I mean, you're talking about a guy that was just about as reliable as you can get. I mean, he's got the speed. I mean, he's he's another one of those guys that just, because he plays for North Carolina, it's just not being talked about all that much. I mean, I feel I feel like it's that ACC effect. You know, if you're not playing in the SEC, if you're not playing in the Big Ten, you're just not getting the kind of recognition that some of those other guys are. And Josh Downs is kind of the last of those really, you know, top-tier wide receivers or Tier 2 wide receivers. Then the, the last one is the guy that you're going to talk about next. But I had to go in there and swoop up um, that the next-to-last <laughs> Tier 2 wide receiver before things get a little ugly. Yeah, that guy was all over the place. I mean, 101 catches in 13 games, 1,335 yards. So it just just an absolute, you know, receiving machine. So you really can't go wrong there. And and he has the traits that you're looking for. I think they're going to translate. He he looks the part. He's not huge. I mean, just 510, but 180. And so he's 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 big enough. I mean, the NFL really is getting away from that need for size. It doesn't mean they're going to you know turn down a great wide receiver that's bigger, but but they're they're more welcoming of these of these smaller, you know, guys that are under under five eleven type wide receivers. So he can definitely be successful. I'm gonna stick at wide receiver. We got that kind of a wide receiver run going here at fourteen, and that's Quentin Johnston at TCU. Another big play guy with speed, you know. But he, unlike Downs, is is the tall receiver at six four and. His numbers, of course, don't look all that awesome because of the offense he's in. I mean, he doesn't have a great quarterback thrown on the ball. He only played eight games, you know, both uh, last season and this season. But, you know, 33 catches looks okay, but 612 yards. So in the two seasons, he's averaged exactly 20 yards per catch, and he scored eight touchdowns in two seasons. And and that just shows the big playability, and that, and that's he's one of those guys where you can't just look at stats. You got to watch him play and say, okay, I see a guy that you know you, you this guy transfers to Alabama like like Jamison Williams did, and he's going to explode. I mean, he would be phenomenal. So really like Quentin Johnston, and that's my pick at the two hundred two. Who do you got at fifteen? Yeah, at fifteen. I got since it is a super flex league. I got you know the kind of tier two quarterbacks and Quinn Ewers um not that he's necessarily a tier two quarterback because he's got just elite traits he's got that big arm that you like to see um just phenomenal arm talent on Quinn Ewers going to Texas he's going to have Bijan Robinson he's going to have Xavier Ward that we talked about Jaleel Billingsley and he's got one other guy that transferred there too just recently I can't remember who it was um maybe you can look that up while I'm talking but um I mean he's just got all he's got all the playmakers to just light it up this year um, I think I picked him. He's one of those guys that I picked just because you look at it and he 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 can see a massive rise in stock. He's one of those guys that 
I'm not picking him necessarily because that's where, you know, his stock is right now. But I think that's where, you know, you get him, you pick him at 15. He's potentially a first round pick top half of the first round next year. He, he's a great quarterback. He's got a lead arm talent. Um, so Quinn Ewers at 15. Yeah, that, that's a great pick and, and great value. I mean, he's one of those things where he didn't play, so kind of out of sight, out of mind. And now all of a sudden, you know, he's going to start playing for Texas and be like, oh, yeah, that's right. This is why this guy was a super highly recruited prospect and highly ranked prospect coming in. Isaiah, Isaiah awesome. Nayor, that's who I was thinking of. Yes, and his value can go web. He's a sneaky guy, Isaiah Nayor. Very good. I'm glad you looked that up. My pick, the fourth pick in round two, is one of those guys that you got me a little bit excited about at the start. And the more I watched him and looked into him, the more I loved him. So I'm, I'm just going with him. Raheem Sanders, Raheem the Rocket at Arkansas, running back, <laughs> was a freshman this season. And I just love everything about this kid. He, he's a converted running back. So he, you know, he wasn't his original position, but man, is this guy athletic. And I think as he really starts to to grow into that running back position, I, I'm looking for the, you know, the huge value spike. And all of a sudden he's a, he's a big time prospect for the NFL. And I just, I can't pass on him. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to stay on brand with, with a guy I love and, and stick with Sanders. Yeah. I love the Sanders pick. I mean, just super agile, fast athlete at 17. I went Donovan Edwards from Michigan. Donovan Edwards is a guy that me and you are both super, super high on coming into this year. Just a guy that was, yes, a great between the tackles running back, but it was also a phenomenal pass catcher that didn't really get mentioned um, all that much in different podcast circles I was listening to. Um, But he can catch the ball really, really well. I saw enough out of him this year that I felt comfortable taking him this year. I mean, he was behind that three-headed beast and Hassan Haskins and Blake Corm, and he still put up stats. Um, when he was called upon, I mean, he he looked good when he needed to. He's fast. He he's he's got great agility, great contact balance. He can catch the ball, tracks the ball really well downfield. Um, Donovan Edwards is another guy that once that running back room clears out a little bit, I mean, it you it used to be you know you didn't want the the Michigan recruits on your team. You know, Michigan used to be the place that you went to die if you were a top recruit. Now, not so much. I mean, they looked really good this year. Donovan Edwards looked, you know, looked the part. This is why you don't you don't track stat sheets, right? If you were to look at Donovan Edwards' stat sheet, he didn't look like he did that well. But in limited duty, when he was on the field, he looked every bit of what I saw on tape. So that's why I picked Donovan Edwards where I did. Yeah, this this is again the guy that I would have picked if I'd have had this pick. I, I love it. I think he's one of those guys where he's just his value is just gonna continue to improve and we saw it already with you know him catching the ball I mean he's already proven he can do that so he absolutely is a, is a great prospect I'm sticking at running back at pick 18 overall in Will Shipley and you know kind of a quiet season because everybody was so focused on how bad Clemson was playing how bad DJ Uyunglele looked after he was you know one of the top guys a year ago for having this conversation then but a quietly nice season for, for Shipley. I mean, 739 yards, a five-yard per average, 11 touchdowns, caught 16 passes for 116. I think those numbers can go way up. And I just, I think he's one of those guys where, you know, he again, he's he's big enough at 5'11", 200. He can get a little bigger, but he has got a, a ton of talent. And I think, you know, you're getting him in the middle of the second round. That That's a, 
another good value pick. So I felt pretty good about this one. I would have picked him instead of Donovan Edwards had I not forgot about him. <laughs> I, for, I forgot for some reason that Will Shipley existed, so I think that was a phenomenal pick. Um, when he came in and was finally given the full running back workload in, what, week three or week four, I mean, he looked phenomenal. So I think that's a great pick. Um, coming in at 19, I picked Kendall Milton, a, a guy that doesn't have a lot of wear and tear on his tires, but a guy that I think once he finally takes over and gets the reps and, and gets the full workload, can be the guy. I mean, 56 carries, 264 yards, and no touchdown um, this season. Not necessarily sexy, right? Not not the stat line that you like to see. Um, but he's playing behind Zamir White. He's playing behind James Cook. Both of those guys um, are going to go to the NFL. So you're you're looking at potentially, you know, running back reps opening up, right? So and, and what happens? What do we always say? What 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 team drafts probably the most running backs? into the NFL. It's Alabama and it's Georgia. So if you're drafting a, if you're drafting a running back on your college roster, you want an Alabama running back, you want a Georgia running back because those guys get drafted. I think Kendall Milton is going to get the draft stock. He's going to go into the NFL. He's not going to have a lot of wear and tear on his tires. And I don't know if it's even an argument. I mean, you watched him play in his limited snaps this year. I don't think it's much of an argument to say that he looked much better at several points during the season than Zamir White did. I mean, much more elusive, much more explosive in the lanes, but they were giving the running back run carries to Zeus just because of his power and what they wanted to do, um, just ground and pound the type of style that they were playing. I think once you get Kendall Milton back there, um, that team is going to open up, which is more explosive plays, and I think that's what he brings to the table. Yeah, I don't have him as high, but he is a great prospect. And the thing that people need to remember, like you said, you know, Georgia is just like running back university, right? And he's eligible in 2023. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's if he gets pushed because they've got two other guys coming in, you know, Branson Robinson and Jordan James, both incoming freshmen, both highly recruited. You talk about and- Branson Robinson, you talk about a guy that can play in the NFL today. I love Branson Robinson. That dude could take an NFL snap right now. <laughs> yeah, that that guy is just a monster. So it's it's a good running back class coming in, the 2025 eligibles. We're not going to talk about any of them in our two-round mock, but if we if we had slipped in, you know, if we'd gone much further, we would <laughs> exactly. Like they'd have been they'd have been near the top of round three. So I like I like the uh, Kendall Milton pick. At pick 20, uh, another running back that I was high on as a true freshman, L.J. Johnson, Texas A&M, and didn't see much, you know, at all because, of course, they have Isaiah Spiller, and that's fine. You know, he now Spiller's gone. He's going to the NFL, and I think L.J. Johnson is that guy to step in. I just I love a lot of his game, and I think he's he's going to be the man there. And, you know, maybe some people think there's a little bit of a reach. I don't. I'm, I'm excited for him next season. I don't appreciate you crapping on Devin a chain like that <laughs> he's he's the the change of pace guy he's not the main guy and you, i don't you, think you he can't ever will watch be. texas a&m last season and not tell me that Devin a chain didn't look fan we have him on several of our c2c teams together that man won us some games <laughs> i know he's he's a great college running back i just uh, i can't get past the 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 size thing and you know, at at, at five nine, one hundred eighty five. I mean, that is not something that's going to make Devin Achain a a great NFL run. It's going to make him a good bit player for a team. But how many running backs in the NFL are are under one hundred ninety pounds and are 
are getting a ton of touches. I mean, it's Dar- Darren Sproles and Danny Woodhead with like a word, my man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to dig deep. Got to dig deep. Go back a few years to find those guys. So that that's exactly my point. And when I'm taking a Devi guy. I want the guy that I think can step in the NFL and at least be on the field for the first two downs. That's you know, if he gets sure. 65-70% of the action, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Um, at, 20, at 21, you did list that this was a tight end premium mock. So I had to go ahead and, and break the tight end well and take the best tight end in the country, um, Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame. I mean, what – what more do you want out of a tight end prospect than Michael Mayer? I mean, this dude has got the size. He's got the athleticism. He's got the hands. He can run routes. He can get downfield. And, and he, he's he's too big for, for cornerbacks. He's too fast for linebackers. I mean, he he's, he's a touchdown machine. I mean, what more do you want out of a tight end? And in the landscape where, I mean, there's, what, two tight ends in Debbie right now that you want on your roster and then God knows who, right? Right. I mean – I'm taking at 21 in the back end of the second round. Give me a guy that's going to step in to the NFL and be a top probably six or seven tight end, um, if not top five. Um, but by the time you know people people are retiring and he comes into the league, so give me all of the Michael Mayer shares. Yeah, I think I think he's as as much of a guarantee of a first round draft pick at tight end as you're going to find. I mean, we're going back to the year when TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fant came out. You know, I think they, you know, Hawkinson was I believe top 10 and and Fant was 20. There that's exactly where he's at. And you know, we've we've talked about, you know, don't don't, you know, reach for tight ends and Debbie because they take so long to develop. This is the exception. You know, he's one of the exceptions to the rule because he's that good. And I, I love him as well. I, like, I, I put in the notes, well played. It's a great pick. That's exactly who I was going to take. And I was thinking about taking him instead of LJ Johnson. So that was, that was a nice choice. My next pick, my second to last pick at pick 22, is wide receiver Rakeem Jarrett at Maryland. Quietly had a very productive season. I don't think people were really paying attention because it's, it's Maryland and, and nobody gets real excited about that. But I, I like the stats. I mean, he, I'm not, I'm not going to bring him up and quote him, but I want to say it was, you know, he had over 60 catches and I think over 800 yards. And that's in a, a really questionable offense. I mean, you know, in, in a tough conference, right? I mean, defenses are usually pretty good in the, in the big 10. I mean, unless you're, you know, lighting up Ohio state, but you, you, I just, I think he's one of those guys that, Not you know, necessary. If, yeah, if he were playing, you know, for for a better team with a better quarterback, you know, he, we'd be talking about him more. So I, I think he's one of those kind of sleeper guys that he's falling under the radar. And I love his his leap forward from his freshman to his sophomore season. So Rakeem Jarrett's my pick here. Who is the last pick for you in this two-round mock, Matt? Yeah, so last pick for me um, at, at 23, before I give you this pick, I'm going to paint you a picture, um, Skip. Do you remember last year um, going into Debbie drafts, um, Jonathan Taylor had entered the draft, and everybody's wondering who that next Wisconsin running back is going to be. And time and time again, we see Jalen Berger get drafted first round, first round, first round, top of the second, first round. I mean, just consistently overdrafted, and um, everybody is touting Jalen Berger as the next great Jonathan Taylor behind that behind that Wisconsin offensive line. And um, 
all of a sudden we, we, we come into the season and it doesn't look like Jalen Berger is going to be the guy. And we see this guy, Braylon Allen, who's actually a, a converted linebacker. Was it not, not, not even a running back, but he, he, he's converted. He's a converted position and he comes in and, and what does he do? He runs for over a thousand yards. I um, mean, just absolutely lights the college football world on fire. Um, and does this all, I mean, looking good. I mean, he doesn't, he, he looks like he knows how to play running back. I mean, he looks like a great running back. He's powerful. He looks like he knows how to run between the tackles. Um, at 23, I picked Braylon Allen. I'm not a huge Braylon Allen fan. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I watched his game film. I don't like him all that much. I don't know how much of an NFL future he has. Um, what I do know is that at 23, um, I do know that that that's the value pick, right? A lot of guys are drafting him. I'm seeing him drafted. I did a Debbie mock recently, a few a few weeks ago, where he got drafted in the first round. Um, I saw one recently where he's drafted in the top, you know, 13, 14, 15. I mean, that's where he's going right now, and I got him at 23. So that's a value pick for me. Um, if I can draft him right there and then flip him to somebody that likes him or he goes off and, and runs for another 1,000, 1,200, 1,300 yards, I can flip him for somebody like a Donovan Edwards, like a Will Shipley, you know, just a few pit who went a few picks earlier. I'm doing that all day um, because while I don't necessarily like Braylon Allen, I'm taking the value because Devi is a value game. It's not a which player do you like the best game. It is a value game first and foremost. I, I think you hit it on the head there because I'm I'm the same way. I'm I'm not super high on him as a, as an NFL prospect. And the, the one thing that I you know when I watched him that I couldn't get past was it seemed like when when the, when he got to space, it just takes him a little bit too long to to get up to top speed. I mean, he doesn't have that really quick burst. At least he not does, that he I saw. He, does, he doesn't cut on a dime. It's he, he's very laggy in his. Yeah, cuts. he but he has some traits I like too. I yeah. mean, he he's got good patience and vision yeah and he and he can he, he can sh- slide his feet you know subtly to to get to a hole a little bit and make it you know and obviously he's powerful enough to run through arm tackles so you know let's not let's i'm not hating on the kid i mean he he's a good running back i'm just not sure you know he's got some some areas to improve but he's young i mean he just turned 18 like literally just turned 18 so he played the whole season at age 17 so yeah great value and i and i think He's one of those things where you 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 could move him for something else. The the last pick in in the second round, gonna go to the other tight end that that's worthy of a of a you know of a top two round selection, and that's Brock Bowers, the the freshman phenom from the from the national champion Bulldogs. You know, fifty six catches, eight hundred eighty two yards, thirteen touchdowns. The athleticism is way up there. I mean, the guy you know gets in the open field and makes plays. He's fast. I mean, they even handed the ball off to him four times, and he and he gained fifty six yards rushing with a touchdown. I just love his game. And, and again, if if I'm willing to invest in a, in a tight end in a Devi league in, in round two, that tells you just how good of a prospect he is. I'm willing to wait the extra year because he's not eligible in twenty twenty until twenty twenty four. But he's that good. So love Brock Bowers. And here endeth the the Devi tight ends that I that I want on my roster. You, you, we've always said, you know, don't draft tight ends in Devi. But the flip side of that, you know, you got to got a hit on is when a tight end does break out and they break out in a way that you know they're going to get first round draft capital, you need to get them on your roster because very rarely do we see a tight end break out and go, yep, he's going to be an NFL tight end. I mean, it just doesn't happen all that often. So when you see it happen, you need to get them on a roster. Yeah. And I think that the strategy is just what you said. Don't, don't draft them, you know, 
early before they've done anything and hope that they break out, let them let them break out and then and then invest in them. I think it's it's because, worth waiting. Because when you do that, you get an Eric Gilbert, and we all know what happened with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, the only I have Brock Bowers on one roster, but that's only because it was a campus to Canton league. So, you know, your your 15 rounds are are mostly freshmen. So then, well, sure, I'm going to I'm going to take a shot at a at a tight end because, you know, I've I've exhausted all of the top quarterbacks, running backs and wide receivers. So, it's like, okay, I'm going to grab one of the top tight ends and I just, you know, I he hit early. So, you know, yay for that squad. All right, round 2 was Downs, Quentin Johnston, Quint Ewers and Raheem Sanders, Donovan Edwards, Will Shipley at 18. Milton, L.J. Johnson, Michael Mayer at 21, Rakeem Jarrett, Braylon Allen, and Brock Bowers rounding out the two-round mock. So some guys that didn't get picked, big names from the past, uh, Spencer Rattler, DJ Uyunglele, uh, Mims, Jason McClellan. You know, these are guys that were all, you know, guys that we, a year ago, we might have drafted in this, you know, for sure, two of them, that you know, the two quarterbacks. And then Sean Tucker, I'm glad you threw that name on there. Yeah, I mean, you look at it. I mean, it's, it's crazy how Debbie, the Debbie landscape changes. I mean, year to year. I mean, Spencer Rattler, DJU were arguably one and two last year, and now they're not even being drafted in the first two rounds. Um, so it's just crazy to look about how fast Debbie changes. I mean, that's why, I mean, I think I think that goes to the perfect example, which you talk about all the time, and what we need to remind our viewers and our listeners about is that when you're trading NFL assets – for Devi for Devi assets, you really really need to to hedge your bets. And if you're trading an NFL player for a Devi guy, you need to make sure you're getting a guy that's in the NFL back as well as a Devi asset, um, because you you never know what's happening year to year. I mean, if you traded for for Rattler last year like I did, I mean that trade's not looking good at all right now. Um, so I mean things change so so sudden in, in Devi, and this this draft is a perfect example of that. Yep, and I think. I think he's actually one of those guys that I I would be interested in in seeing if I could get him for for low now. I'm 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 not out on Spencer Rattler well, I'm not, yet. I'm not I'm not either. <laughs> yep. And and you know some some guys we didn't mention who I think you know a year from now we're definitely going to be talking about. You know Ohio State's got two wide receivers we mentioned earlier, Marvin Harrison Jr. and Mecca Igbuka. You know we we do another round maybe those guys get taken. JoJo Earl at Alabama. They've got a couple other guys as well. Jacory Brooks is another big name there. Uh, Jackson Dart quarterback who's transferring, leaving USC, but he definitely flashed. Mario Williams, uh, wide receiver out to, to USC, and he looked good his freshman season. And then any incoming freshman who flash, most likely a a running back that has the opportunity or a wide receiver, you mentioned one guy, and when you get to him, tell the listeners, is he are you did you list Singleton because he's your RB1 coming in, or are you listing him because you think he's going to get the opportunity to flash in his freshman season, or is it both? He's not necessarily my RB1 coming in. Jadon Blue is still my RB1 coming into the class. Um, I like Travante Citizen as well. So those are two free names if you're if you're looking at CDC and Debbie drafts um, at the running back position. But you look at, at Nicholas Singleton. He's an interesting one. He's going to a Penn State team. Right now, Drew, Drew Allard did a lot of personal recruiting for that team. He, he's going to a team that doesn't have a running back that's really stepped up and done anything. I think that could be a real case of the Will Shipley effect where he maybe doesn't start right away, but by week four, 
he's getting there, getting the majority of the carries. I mean, you look at Nicholas Singleton, his comp right now on 247, um, you're going to like this, Nick Chubb. I mean, and you see that all over his film. He, he runs with that power, that violence as a runner. I mean, just ready to run somebody over. Um, he's very quick laterally. I mean, just everything that you want out of a running back. He's super developed right now. I mean, I think he's, I'm trying to look for his size right now. Yeah, six foot, 210 pounds. I mean, just a developed runner as a freshman. He's only going to add weight to that. Um, and he's going to a team that doesn't have, like I said, an RB1 on that team. I think Singleton, if anybody's going to step up and be the guy by the end of the year, I mean, you're looking at Singleton probably week three, week four, week five is going to be the guy that's getting the majority of this team's carries and is going to be, you know, a first or second round pick next year. And I'm, I'm pretty confident in that. Yep. All right. I, I love the kind of a sneak peek at probably what our future, our next episodes are going to start to get into probably that incoming class, because that'll force me to really do more homework. I've done some and, you know, took a quick note, quick look at my notes on, on Singleton. And sure enough, it was explosive bursts with great acceleration. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, but I've got some, some other work to do on some of the other guys, but yeah, he is a guy. I love Branson Robinson. We talked about him as well. And of course, Jadon blue is, is fantastic. That is going to wrap it up for the Debbie Happy Hour. Once again, Matt, remind everyone where they can find you on Twitter and your other stuff. Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter at Debbie Matt. If you guys liked that, uh, those little nuggets on the freshmen, I just updated all my freshman rankings, and I'm doing a bunch of freshman profiles, just a bunch of stuff on my Patreon. So if you guys like that, $3 um, will get you all that information on the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Debbie database. Um, lots of good stuff going on over there, so make sure you come check that out. And... Um, like we said at the beginning of the show, the Discord is free. So check that pen tweet on my um, Twitter page. Absolutely. And be sure to, to stay on this podcast feed, of course, for the Dynasty Happy Hour. Doug, Eddie, Tyler Gunther, and James Kreese are back every week, and they are breaking it down Dynasty style. So every Sunday night they record. I am Skip Newton at Skip Newton 31, one of the Debbie team writers for NFLDraftBible.com. And of course, we got the Debbie show every week that drops on Friday morning. So check that out as well. Now is a big time to be following NFLDraftBible.com, of course, because it's draft season. So it's it's every every player imaginable. They got all the positions, all the players and player profiles, you name it. So be sure to check that out. I check it out every single Monday, That those mock drafts, baby. Eagles oh yeah, got, Love. Eagles got three first round picks. I'm trying to figure out who we're drafting. How exciting is that? You guys made the playoffs, <laughs> and you have three, and first, you round three first round picks. That's like the dream. I mean, other than winning the Super Bowl, but <laughs> that's that's fun. It, I'm excited for you. <laughs> we are going to be done. Thank you to the listeners for your patience. It's good to be back. We'll, we'll be more regular. We are excited to bring you all the Debbie content that we know you love and crave. Everyone have a fantastic evening or weekend or whenever you're listening and we'll be back soon and as always be a good human <music>